Hi, I'm Ari Mizell, and this is The Art of Less Doing. I'm going to teach you how to optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your life, including your health, in order to be more effective. I want you to stress less, free up as much time as possible, and do the things you want to do. So this episode of Less Doing Podcast is brought to you by Just Works, and I've got Isaac Oates with me right here talking about the complex nature of obviously running a business and how Just Works can help you do that from payroll to benefits to the HR aspect. So let's talk about the HR aspects here. Like how, what are HR issues when you're dealing with a small company versus a medium-sized company and, and beyond? Yeah. So HR issues for really small companies are mostly, it's really mostly the nuts and bolts stuff. So, you know, not only payroll benefits, but making sure that you have the right documentation in place for your employees, uh, contractors. Uh, As you get larger, you get employee relations issues, which are the sort of unfun things, the stupid things people do. Fortunately, most small companies don't have that as much. (laughs) <laughs> okay. And then what, what are the, I mean, what are the typical expenses involved in doing this kind of work? And, and you know, how does that compare to what Just Works does for you? Sure. So, I mean, just to have an employee, not only you have to pay payroll taxes, but you have to pay for workers' comp um, disability in some states, you know, and any, you know, you have to pay for any benefits that you'd want to offer. Uh, with Just Works, the costs are similar, although we can save money on some of those benefits because we group lots of small employers into one big employer. So it can definitely save some money. Just Works offers benefits, payroll, and everything you need to take care of your team. The most intuitive software for your growing business. Take the most tedious and time-consuming part of your job and make it the simplest and most automated part of your day. JustWorks handles benefits. They offer your team the benefits they want at prices you can afford, all online, all in one place. They also offer payroll and payments. Pay employees, vendors, and contractors regularly or on your own schedule. Their HR tools keep your team on the same page even when they're not in the same place. And they make sure that you are in compliance. You can grow your team across the country and they deal with local, state, and federal regulations. For more information and to find out how you can save your company a ton of time and probably money, go to justworks.com. So I was supposed to do this webinar with Dan Meredith of the Facebook group Coffee with Dan and Daylight Savings just screwed everything up. (laughs) So if any of you are out there dealing with the woes of Daylight Savings, I'm very sorry. Meanwhile, it's only an hour, right? So why does it cause such a problem? And, you know, this thing of an hour is just such a prevalent thing in my life about what if you could only work an hour a day, right? And it's something I'm always thinking about, honestly. Uh, Last week was an incredible week, and I got to speak at American Dream University. I I did a, a recording, I think, with Nick right after we left there. And it was at Fort Bragg, and it was it was amazing. Uh, speaking to the soldiers is always, to me, like one of the most gratifying experiences, seeing what their lives are like. And this time, I had a different mission, which was that we, we actually ended up hiring several of those VAs, oh, sorry, several of those vets to be VAs in the Less Doist Virtual Assistant Service. So it was a really special trip. And then Nick and I went to the 25K meeting for Joe Polish, the Genius Network event, annual event, which was the highest, it's the highest level marketing event the world has ever seen. Tony Robbins was there, Peter Diamantis, uh, JJ Virgin, Mike Koenigs, Dave Asprey, like just unbelievable names. And 
Joe was kind enough to have me and Nick host a workshop on outsourcing on the, the final day, which was attended by about 80 people. And it went, it was amazing. We got so many people signed up as new clients. And what I love about the VA service is that not only is it, I mean, is it a cool business, but we're getting to work on some really important projects that, that are having a real big impact in, on people's lives. So with that, actually, the, the VA service is now invite only. So we've, we've grown. It's going really well, but we still want to scale it in a, in a smart way. We want to be working with people who are working on cool stuff. And so in order to become a client of the VA service, you either need to know us, me and Nick, or you need to know one of the members that is currently using the service. Uh, however, we still have the wait list over at lessdoing.com slash LDVA, where you can sign up to get on the wait list. But at this point, it's well over 500 people. So it might be a while before we open that up, but it's uh, thank you to everybody who's been supportive and who has become a client and allowing us to help make their lives easier. Now, uh, with that, uh, I'm your host, Ari Mizell, and this is episode 191 of the Less Doing Podcast with Mark Podolsky of The Land Geek. And as I said, and I, I've gotten some really good feedback from this, that we're doing a lot more links now in each show, but people seem to like it. So I'm providing you with a ton more information, uh, hopefully not overloading you too much and giving you a, a chance to make everything in your life more productive, right? So the first one is called Homey App. And Homey is an app that allows you to assign chores with snapshots. So uh, th this is cool. It's, it's a private network, basically. Uh, I mean, on the one hand, you can see this is a really weird like divide in families that you have to be sending each other pictures with chores. But at the same time, uh, if any of you have ever been to... They do this in a number of businesses, but if you've ever been to like a Whole Foods, for example, and you see people cleaning, you may notice that there is these little dots uh, around different parts of the store, whether it's by the bathrooms or in the bathrooms or near the eating area or near the produce aisle, whatever it might be. And basically those people who are cleaning, they have an iPhone with a special attachment on it and they have to tap that that marker anytime that they're there. And basically what it does is it's, it's part of a bigger system that proves that they did the work essentially. And as far as like timing and time tracking and, and uh, paying people, you can see how quickly they get to each area. You also can verify that they didn't just look across the dining area to see if some place was clean, but they actually went over and they were in that area. So this is kind of a similar concept. Basically you can assign chores to people with taking a picture. So it helps them, you know, make the bed for example. So take a picture of the bed. And they get a really a good visual association with the task, both before and after. So uh, in theory, actually, this is this is a pretty psychologically cool app, I think. Uh, but I was thinking about this not just for home use, but also for business use. If there are things that you want to have happen physically in, in space in, uh, in a business setting. So uh, that was the first one. The second one is uh, called Svet, S-V-E-T. Now, Svet is high quality lighting for health. So it's a light bulb. Uh, it's a really interesting looking light bulb. It's very, very different from other bulbs that I've seen. And it basically is able to very closely replicate natural light. And it automatically tunes the lighting in accordance with natural sunlight dynamics. Safe for the eyes, lessens stress, and improves sleep. So as many of you know from listening to my podcast and many, people, uh, many other people's, blue light is very bad for your sleep at a certain time of the day. And uh, there are ways to mitigate that with glasses or maybe even special lighting but this bulb uh, it produces a very very nice and warm light so it, it's called the svet 
Okay. So now I, I, this is not to spark any debate. I don't, I, I'm not opening this up for like, a, or I'm not trying to open this up for discussion. Obviously, anytime somebody has comments on the podcast, I want to hear it. But uh, this is not to make an opinion or anything. It's just an interesting article. Uh, there was an article at Good, and the title is uh, Anti-Vaxxer Group Fun Study That Finds Vaccinations to Be Safe. So there was a, an anti-vaccination group that that uh, is called Safe Minds, and they funded a study to prove that vaccinations in babies can cause autism. And uh, it, it, basically, the, the scientists... Uh, did a experiment with rhesus macaque monkeys, so the infants, and they were looking for autistic-like behaviors. And in the end, the study found that there was no, there was no basically support for the role of thimerosal-containing vaccines in the neuropathology of the autism spectrum disorder. Now, this is one study, of course, and there are tons of studies that show that that's the case, and also studies probably. I mean, there are, I know that there are studies that show the opposite. Uh, but what I liked about this article more is that most of the time, I would say this most, most of the time, without feeling like I'm exaggerating, when you see a interested party funding a study, a lot of times those studies come back in favor of the interested party, whether it's true or not. And I think that this is just nice to see that the study was uh, objective, at least in the way that they, they did their testing methodology. So. Okay, so now there's an article at Pulse uh, called uh, Fountain of Youth, Oldest Woman in the World, Susanna Mushat-Jones Eats Bacon Every Day. So <laughs> this woman was born in Alabama, and she just turned 116 about three months ago. That made her the oldest woman in the world uh, alive. And basically, she says that she wakes up every day around 9.30, has bacon, eggs, and grits. And, uh, and then her nursing home aide said that she'll eat bacon all day long. So she's a big fan of bacon. Uh, but she says she never drinks or smokes and she surrounds herself with love and positive energy. Definitely don't take away from this that you should eat bacon every day if you want to live a very long time. Genes uh, take and environmental factors obviously go into it a lot in terms of how long you live. But I do think that it's worth reading this article because one of the things she does talk about is that surrounding herself with love and positive energy. And I do believe that that has an effect on longevity. But in addition, what's the point of living a long life if you're not going to enjoy yourself? And it definitely seems like she is enjoying herself. So going on some sort of crazy diet to extend your life, for example, to me is not a very good way to go. Not to mention doing, doing anything for the goal of living longer is is hard. I think that that's a very hard way to frame it. Obviously, you want to live a healthy life and you want to be happy and all that stuff. But saying that, you know, I'm going to do this because it's going to make me live longer, I think it's the wrong way to go about it, basically. So uh, the next, this, this one is pretty cool. There's this website called IFL Science, which is really interesting. They, they, they show all these articles about various things going on in the scientific world. It stands for, um, well, I, I won't say it. Even though it's an explicit podcast, I won't waste that F-bomb on this one. Uh, but the, the article says, this fungus can instantly induce an earth-shattering orgasm. So they found, there was a study uh, that was, a, it, sorry, this is a compound discovered in 2001 by these two scientists. It was published, this, art, this uh, study was published in the International Journal of Medicinal Mushroom, Mushrooms, which is probably a very, very interesting thing to read. Uh, and basically there is this, uh, it's called, I think it's Dictif Dictiophora species, but basically they said it was an intense aphrodisiac and it actually has to man apparently has a very gross smell. It, it's supposed to smell like something that's almost like rotting. Uh, and it, 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 it's like a horrendous smell, but for women, they basically did the study and they asked them, the women to take a deep 
smell of it and recorded their arousal levels. And the results uh, basically showed a significant increase in arousal with nearly half of the women experiencing spontaneous orgasms. Excuse me. Siva, I'm recording a podcast. That's my one of my dogs, Siva. So that, that's a pretty powerful um, uh, aphrodisiac, I have to say. If you can smell something and it instantly produces a spontaneous earth-shattering orgasm, that definitely would go down in my book as something that is extremely effective. So uh, maybe you can get your hands on some of that. <laughs> Incidentally, I remember when I was younger that there was a study that uh, the smell of black licorice was the most powerful aphrodisiac, and that was based on the fact that it, it was more effective at increasing vaginal blood flow than any other compound that they had tested. So... Uh, on that note, actually, this is interesting. I didn't expect to have this be related, but this has come up a few times with clients of mine and also uh, something I've recommended to children, uh, to, I'm sorry, to clients for their children. It's something that I'm going to do with my boys when they turn uh, probably 18, is freezing sperm. So it makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons for a young man at his peak to freeze sperm. And doing that for any number of reasons, one of which is that you may have some sort of accident at some point later on in your life. You may have some illness that really depletes your hormone levels. You may have all sorts of things happen that could affect the ability to have sperm at the prime of your life. And not to mention, by the way, you should also get hormone testing when you're younger, definitely before you're 30, so you know what kind of levels you want to be achieving. But uh, there's a company called CryoChoice. There's a number of companies that do this, but CryoChoice really makes this very easy, and they essentially send you a kit so that you can do the sperm selection um, collection at home and then mail it in to be frozen for a long, long time and protected. And whether you want to have kids or not, whether you think you want to have kids or not, it is a good idea because it's a slice of time. And if nothing else, that allows you to go back and look at what your part of your body and your genes and your DNA was like 18 years ago or you know, when you were 18. You know, and you could look at that when you're 30 or when you're 60. It doesn't even matter. And they have successfully created live fetuses uh, using IVF from 12-year-old frozen sperm. So if you do want to use this for children, you can. But I just think it's a good idea. It's not expensive. I don't have an exact price for you, but it's not expensive. And it's just a good idea. It's a good form of insurance. It's not quite like stem cells, but it's a similar idea. Again, if you can sort of look back in time and see where things were, it's very helpful. Okay, so now there's a, a couple more techie ones. So this one's called Task Pipes. It uh, allows you to automate da data extraction and processing. So Task, ta task Pipes uh, has this user face, and you can design, design these pro... So, I'm sorry, it's going on my, my tongue. Uh, and you can design processes that they call pipes, and you can pull the data from any source, whether it's a PDF, an API, an endpoint, or even the body of an email. And then you can reformat. Now, so this is great. This is like a scraper of some sort, but y this allows you to do all sorts of things. So let's say, uh, if I, I can give you, this is a very weird example, but let's say that there's a company that does reporting on your industry and they publish a free PDF every week. You could use this kind of thing to take that PDF and extract the information and put it into an Excel spreadsheet and then actually manipulate the data and do things with it. So really, really cool kind of automation that, that you can do. I, I love seeing that kind of thing. Uh, okay, so the next one is called Ask Pam. So this is a one-click app that connects travelers to top-rated concierges in towns with no price at all. If you're not staying at the Ritz-Carlton, it's not a problem. You have the exact same service. So this is 
this is like an on-demand concierge service. Now, uh, it's called AskPam. And you're seeing more and more of these, what I would call like specific kind of virtual assistants pop up. You know, so essentially these can be powered by anybody or anything really. But uh, if you want to know, you know, where's the best place to eat in a particular town or have somebody actually assist you with the travel, you can use a service like AskPam. And uh, I, I think it's great. I think it's great to see these kinds of things. We've seen Native, which is now Pana. Very, very similar idea. Okay, so the next one is an article from Barking Up the Wrong Tree. It's how to never get angry. Three secrets from neuros- neuroscience. Now, I don't know if you, if you actually want that to never get angry, but actually it says that suppressing anger is rarely a good idea. You don't want to hold things in. So that's up to you to figure out. But it says don't vent your anger. Okay, so they're saying don't punch a pillow or yell on rants about the encounter with rants. Not a good idea. Venting your anger doesn't reduce it. Venting intensifies emotions. And that's surprising to me because a lot of times people think they don't want to bottle something and they want to let it out. But basically what they're saying is that uh, that that doesn't work because it just makes you focus on the negative. So what they're saying instead is that you actually need to, to distract yourself. Uh, because we have basically we have bra- limited brain resources. So if you're distracting yourself and you're focusing on something else, then you can't uh, be so angry anymore. So this is another case where something like peak might come in really handy. So next time you're really angry, don't go eat some ice cream or go have a drink at the bar. Pull out your peak app. And not only will you make yourself smarter, but you will actually distract yourself from what's really bugging you. Even playing a game of Tetris can be really helpful. So... I think that's great. Uh, next time you get angry, just just take a minute and say you have to go play some Tetris. <laughs> and then hopefully your spouse doesn't read that article and they don't know that that's code word when you say that for actually being really upset with them. So this next one is called Hey Scale, and it integrates with Slack. Uh, basically, you increase operational effectiveness with scheduled announcements and recurring reminders in Slack. So you all know how much I love Slack, and I've probably said that many, many times, and that's okay with me. But basically, it allows you to schedule important announcements and send recurring reminders. So for example, we're using IFTTT for this right now, and it's not completely clear to me how this is a major improvement other than the fact that it's it's more closely integrated. So for example, with the VA service, every day we have a, a huddle, a 10 minute call pretty much that that uh, everyone's supposed to get on and sort of just check in and see what's going on. And we have an IFTTT that goes in and says that, uh, you know, everyone like we're going to be on the call in an hour and it's just a reminder. So there, there's that. Uh, but this actually goes a little bit further. So you can schedule those reminders in advance, which is nice. Uh, you can also send recurring reminders, but you can also send bulk private messages. So this actually is a really interesting feature because sometimes you know you want it, to share something with an entire group, but you want to do it on an individual basis. So you might want to say to somebody something that's private information, but you can send it to all of them and then they can respond to you as a direct message. So there's just a couple things that this makes more, more convenient in terms of team communication through Slack. And uh, I just thought it was really cool and worth mentioning. Okay. Uh, so now the next one is an Indiegogo campaign. This is called Ivy. So if anybody is using their Alexa, their, uh, the Amazon you know, thing that sits in your house and you can talk to it. This is a similar idea. So basically you can talk to your home with voice activated, with a voice activated assistant and you can control Nest, Spotify, uh, Uber, and obviously they're going to be integrating all sorts of other things. So, uh, you can get traffic requests, you can have it, uh, weather, you can make calls, uh, all that, that kind of stuff. Um, and most of the home automation things. So this looks, it's just like a little stick basically that sits in your room or sits in your house. 
and you can just talk and tell what you want. So you can't, as far as I know, do ordering with it right now, like you can with Amazon, but you can pretty much get every other kind of information. So it's an Indiegogo campaign and it's it's got, uh, how many days left? It has a couple days left and then you can get it if you want. And also I'm really curious because I haven't, it's odd that I haven't really heard any feedback, but I really have not heard anything from anybody about their their Alexa, their Amazon Alexa. And I'd love to know how people are using it, if they're using it, and if they find that it does help them be more productive. Uh, okay, so over at Damn Cool Pictures, there was a, a, an infographic called The World's 17 Most Dangerous Foods. And there's some that you might know of that you're, you're aware of, but some that you might not know. So one that uh, I thought was actually somewhat surprising is the uh, is elderberries. So, you know, they have things on here like pufferfish, you know, fugu is what it's called. And it's, it's very, very poisonous. That's, that's one a lot of people know about. But elderberry is one of those things that I'm often recommending and usually people recommend because it is a really, really good source of vitamin C. But apparently it contains cyanide in the leaves, the twigs and the seeds. So basically you need to cook them, not have any leaves or twigs and seeds, uh, because eating unripe elderberries or undercooked elderberries can cause severe diarrhea and seizures, which is horrible, obviously. Uh, and then another one is starfruit, which I thought was amazing because starfruit, I, I mean, I've only had one like once, but uh, apparently 100 milliliters of starfruit juice is poisonous enough that it can affect the brain and the nerves. So if you don't have good kidneys, you cannot eat starfruit anyway there's 15 other ones on here everything from monkey brains to uh to kasum marzu uh so there's a lot of things that you probably are not eating but you may want to be aware of them okay so now the next one is uh this is an art it's called co-patient there's a few things like this. So it was one called Better, which I believe has gone out of business now, actually. But this is called Copatient. And they review medical bills, they negotiate, and they resolve them for you. So from emergency room visits to complicated hospital stays, Copatient finds errors and overcharges in over 80% of the bills they review. And you can get a free report, basically, to find out how they can save you money. This is one of those unexplored areas that is a pain in the butt for everyone and every business. And that's dealing with medical claims and insurance. And this is a company that is specifically there to help you navigate that world. So if you're in that and need to figure it out, check out Copatient. I'd like to take this moment to remind everybody that if you're out somewhere and you're not at your computer and you want to subscribe to the Less Doing mailing list where we send out a newsletter every week with some of the top articles uh, and and other big announcements, and and most people tell me that they find it very, very useful, you can text the word DO LESS to 33733. That's do less to 33733. And when you do that, you'll get signed up to our mailing list and you will get a free infographic about how to get to inbox zero. So, uh, okay, so the next thing is called Kids Locks, and it's an app for parents to set boundaries for children using mobile and tablet devices. And this works on iPhones and Androids. And you can, you can, there's a lot of apps that do this, but this provides more control than I think I've ever seen. Uh, you can block specific apps, which is very interesting, uh, and based on certain times, for example. So you could tell, you could say that they can't use, uh, I don't know, they can't use Angry Birds, you know, while they're at school. That would be a pretty obvious one, I guess. Uh, but you can disable the camera. So if you have a kid that's dealing doing with a lot of selfies or they're sexting, for example, you could disable it as well. You can restrict movies, TV shows. Uh, and you can also lock the phone remotely. So I've heard of parents having this kind of thing where they say that they'll, you know, th- they give the children their freedom. But uh, 
when the parents want to get a hold of them, if they call them or text them, they expect an answer very quickly. And if they don't answer, then they lock their phone, which I think is actually fairly reasonable. So that one could be really useful for you. Okay, uh, the next one is called Tiny Calm, and it is a meditation app. So it allows you to, it helps you meditate very quickly, very easily, whenever and wherever you want. And I am one of those, I'm going to always share meditation apps and things because to me, it took me a long time to figure out how to meditate in a way that worked in my life. And I've settled on listening to Mary Meckley's daily meditation podcast, which I've talked about before. Mary's wonderful. She does every day. She does this amazing podcast. Uh, and that's what works for me. It doesn't mean it works for everybody. Uh, I've tried headspace and Budify, and they were okay, but not great for me. So I always think that meditation is really just a matter of finding a way of relating to it and, and the way of integrating it into your life. So this tiny calm is might be one that works for you. And I'd love to see people try it because meditation is great when you can do it and you can make it part of your, you know, your daily habit. Okay. So, uh, the next one is there's an, another article at IFL science called according to the sleep expert work and school shouldn't start until after 10 AM. So, uh, there's a sleep expert named Paul Kelly and he basically talked about the sleep deprivation crisis and saying that uh, everyone's basically sleep deprived. So that for for the, he said that we should have age based start times. And this is interesting to me. So 830 a.m. for eight to 10 year olds, 10 a.m. for 16 year olds and 11 a.m. for 18 year olds. Now, that's I, I my understanding generally was that you needed a little bit less sleep as you got older. My son, Ben, is four. One of my sons is four. And his school starts at 9 a.m. And it, it's weird because it seems to be okay. I mean, it seems to work fine for him. But he generally wakes up at like 7 in the morning, uh, sometimes earlier. The twins who go to school much, much later because they're in an afternoon program, they wake up at like 5.40 sometimes. So there's always like – there's all this time between what they're doing in the morning and when they're actually going to school and and then – I think that you get these sort of waves. So if you think about the waves that you go through while you're sleeping, you can actually have that obviously go happen to you while you're awake too, when you're going to have ups and downs. And I don't know, maybe this makes sense. Maybe, maybe it does. And you allow people to have a little bit more time to themselves in the morning to, to do their own thing or to prepare for the day in some other way. But a lot of this, I really think, depends on how you spend your time, because some people would rather just sleep until, you know, 845 and roll out of bed and go to school at nine. I personally am one of those people who likes to be up earlier and sort of have my own space and time before I do need to do things in the day. So I think this is subjective, honestly. Um, okay, so the next thing is called Chimera Coffee, and Chimera Coffee is a high-altitude premium coffee infused with nootropics. So um, this is it's coffee, and they infuse it with alpha GPC, taurine, L-theanine, and DMAE. So L-theanine is what you get from green tea, and it, it's uh, it improves sleep pattern, and it helps with anxiety. Alpha GPC Im- improves choline uh, production in your brain so all of these things will help as nootropics i think coffee is a nootropic already honestly in some ways so uh this is just adding fuel to the fire in a possibly really good way i've heard nothing but good things about chimera coffee so uh, check it out if you want to try yet another different kind of nootropic uh, okay so now the next service is called uh so nathan latka who is a friend of mine uh has a podcast and it's called the top entrepreneur podcast. And he has this article called how I launched my podcast, got 36,000 downloads in the first month, captured top spot in new and 
noteworthy. I, I'm not going to read you the whole article, uh, but Nathan is a very, very smart guy, smart entrepreneur. And the, what he lays out is extremely replicable. And I would, I would definitely recommend anybody who's thinking about launching a podcast, check this out as a launch strategy because it's really, really good. Okay, we got a couple more to go through here. Uh, okay, so there was an article in the Washington Post called The Decline of Play in Preschoolers and the Rise in Sensory Issues. Now, I don't know if anybody out there who's listening is dealing with this kind of thing, but my son, Ben, uh, does go to an occupational therapist uh, for a couple of different reasons. Nothing major except for the fact that he, he does have some sensory issues, and that seems to be a common, more and more common thing. Ben's is more of a case of like under-sensitization, so he, he's the kind of kid who likes to feel like a really heavy like a really uh, a firm hug you know and he likes that kind of pressure on him to to sort of know where his body is in space basically uh and i am very big on roughing roughhouse play with my kids and the three of them are now at an age where they can sort of roughhouse together and i think that that's really helpful i think it really helps people define what you know what's too much and what's the limit and what is fun and what is not fun and and those those all those things that that our body sort of needs to tell us uh and what basically what this article is saying is that people are playing or preschoolers are playing less because they're sitting in school all day there's less recess there's less gym there's less real sports and it's causing all of these other issues to come out because basically they're saying just kids they don't have that opportunity to to experience their own bodies in a lot of ways so it's a very, very good read that I recommend highly. And it's something to think about, you know, when in terms of how you are with your kids and, and the educational system that they are currently in. Okay, so I've got just th- two more for you. The first one is another article from Barking Up the Wrong Tree. It's called The Power of Empathy. Three ways empathy can improve your life. And I would love this because I, I, I have a problem I have a problem sometimes with empathy, I have to say. Uh, and I think that's it's not so much that I'm not empathetic, it's more that it's it's more that I'm overly pragmatic based on, you know, the things that I I sort of do for a living. So, uh it, th- this is the first one they say is listen, which I, okay, fine. The second one is meditate. <laughs> And then the third one is expose yourself to different ways of living. So, okay, listen, you can talk about active listening all you want and meditating, fine, that'll increase empathy. But the third one is what really interesting to me. Expose yourself to different ways of living. So basically, it's, they call it mental diversity training. They say, hang out with those who are different from you and then listen. And what I have to say is my experience working with the military through American Dream U, which again, I was able to do again last week, is this. It shows me such a different life and something that we have no idea about on this sort of normal outside world that I really do think that it increases the diversity of your your mental ability to be empathetic. And, and I feel that when I come back from that kind of experience. And obviously, if you're doing things where you're working with like orphanages in India or or refugees in uh, the Middle East, like that is going to widen your experience. And I, I feel like it almost can't but not give you more empathy. I don't know if that proper grammar, but you almost have to grow empathy in that kind of situation because you have to experience what it's like for people to live in a way that has nothing to do with your life. It's really amazing. Before I get to the very last thing, I just want to make one more uh, reminder, everybody, that the Less Doing Wadcast, which is our daily automated workout podcast, is doing great. People are really loving it, downloading it, sweating, getting their groove on, and getting exhausted. So try it out if you haven't, if you only want to get fit in eight minutes a day. And then the last thing uh, I want to share 
is that I have ended my mastermind coaching program, the Less Doing Mastermind. That was a group program that I started about a year ago. It's been a year. It's been an incredible year working with 14 or 14 different individuals. And I've gone back now to one-on-one coaching. I had my first one-on-one coaching call today in over a year, and it felt really good. I missed it. So if you are interested in one-on-one coaching and you you weren't able to work with me before because I wasn't doing it for the past year, you can now find out more. If you want to go to lessdoingcall.com, you can book a call with one of our Less Doing Certified Coaches, and they can tell you all about it. So with that, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for hanging in with all of these links and all of this great information. And we will be back next week with an interview with J.V. Crum of The Conscious Millionaire with episode 192. We're quickly approaching episode 200. Thanks, everyone. The Less Doing Podcast pulls together the top experts in the industry to help you optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your life so you can start doing the things you really want to do again. What would you do if you could only work an hour a day? Would you crumble or would you thrive? When I was sick with Crohn's disease, I was faced with that reality because there were days when I literally couldn't eke out more than an hour of work a day. And I had to figure out ways to not only get everything done, but get more done than I was doing before. And that is how Less Doing was born. Less Doing is about you. It's the easiest way to learn and implement a huge amount of productivity tips into your life in a short amount of time. Whether you're a crazy busy business owner, a tired executive in a large company, or a stressed out soccer mom, we've brought it all together for you to help you overcome the overwhelm in your life. For the latest how-tos and actual tips on becoming more productive, sign up for my newsletter over at lessdoing.com. But I want to offer you all something more. As listeners of this podcast, I want to give you the opportunity to get on the phone with one of my Less Doing Certified Coaches. I've trained each one of them myself, and they really know what they're doing. The first call is completely free, and you will get some real advice and tips on how you can be more productive in your life and get back to making things easier again. Thanks for listening, and now enjoy the interview. So now I'm speaking with Mark Podolsky, who is the founder of thelandgeek.com. Mark, thanks for taking the time to talk to me. All right. Thanks so much. I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, So... Before we get into what the land geek actually is, can you just give a little bit of background on yourself? Sure. Back in about 2000, I was working as an investment banker specializing in mergers and acquisitions. And I literally loathed my job. I mean, I just hated it. I had a 45-minute commute to work and back. I was micromanaged. It was high pressure. And I wouldn't get the Sunday blues anticipating Monday, I'd get like the Friday blues, anticipating the, the weekend going by so fast. And so I meet this guy and uh, he's telling me he's flipping raw land online and he's averaging a 300% return on investment. So Ari, I'm from St. Louis, like we're the show me state. So I don't believe him. So we go to this tax deed auction together in New Mexico and I've got like $3,000 saved up for car repairs or something like that. And I buy up, you know, 10 parcels at an average price of 300 bucks a parcel. And sure enough, I put them up online and 30 days later, I flip them off for, you know, 1200 bucks. And he was right. So it was crazy. And I don't even know what I'm doing. So I went to another tax deed auction in Arizona and properties were just 
there's no one in the room. Properties are going for nothing. And I spent all that money that I'd made from that last auction. And I flipped all that property over six months and I made over 90 grand. So I said to my wife, I'm like, look, I, th I think I'm onto something here. I'm, I'm, I want to quit my job. She's like, absolutely not. You were not quitting your job. So I, for 18 months, I did land part-time and while well, I worked my investment banking job and 18 months later, I quit my job that I hated and I've been investing in raw land full-time ever since and I love it. Cool. Well, that's, that's obviously a nice transformation to hear, of course. Yeah, yeah. So without, you know, giving away any secrets or anything, can you, can you talk a little bit more about the, the, the actual process of that? Like, how are you identifying the properties? How, what's like closing on them and selling them, everything? Yeah, I mean, so the, the Ari Mizell system is very simple, right? So basically, I look for people that owe back taxes and live out of state because they have no emotional connection to that property. So what we do then is we get a list from the county, we send them a quote unquote top dollar offer, which is typically 20 to 30 cents on a dollar, and then quickly do due diligence on that property, which is the due diligence is completely outsourced to a virtual assistant. We get the maps, we get the plat maps, we get the aerials, everything we need, and then we crowdsource it and have somebody actually go out and physically stomp on the property and finish our due diligence checklist. We close on that property and then sure enough, we flip it either for cash, which is great because we average about 300% return, but my favorite way to sell it is creating a passive income stream by basically owner financing. So it's a one-time sale and then I get recurring income every month on an asset that has no tenants, it requires no renovations or, re or rehabs, uh, you know, no rodents. So I, so I always say it's like no renters, no rehabs, no renovations, no rodents. And it's uncompetitive niche because you don't go on HGTV and see any kind of shows like Flip This Land. And it's got a huge, huge market. So that's really the, the whole process. And, and, and so now you actually teach this. So now I teach it, and the reason being, you know, I got a little depressed after doing it for over, I don't know, 10, 12 years, and I, uh, I just wanted to really kind of do more and, and give more uh, and, and give back, basically. And um, it took me a long time, to be honest, to kind of get over scarcity mentality and just realizing this market is so big, there's enough for everybody. So I started teaching it and it's been great. My, my students are crushing it and it hasn't had any effect on the market or my business. It's just, it's just I didn't, never really realized how massive this market is. You, me, you know, 100,000 other people could go into this market today and we would run out of money before we'd run out of land. <laughs> and why is that? There's just so many people that owe back taxes. There's so many people that owe back taxes and there's just so much raw land out there and there's no professional players in this niche. You know, there's no big, big money. There's no private equity groups. There's no hedge funds. So it's all these, you know, mom and pop real estate investors that come in and, and buy a property. I mean, it's just really a massive, massive market. You don't realize how big this country is. And, and, and what are the kinds of things that you have automated 
you know, with assistance and other processes. So that's what really kind of um, drew me to you was the systems and processes, because I'm, I'm always from day one thinking there's got to be a better way to do what I'm doing. And so I have literally created processes for 95% of my business and only I only have to work on 5% of it. So we have a process for every single aspect of the business from deal flow to due diligence to marketing and to closing. And it's, it's pretty much almost all automated with software and systems and a few very inexpensive virtual assistants. It's, it's amazing. Well, and, and I want to, you know, again, I don't want to like make you reveal too much behind the curtain, but that, obviously this is something that really interests my listeners. So if we can dig into that just a little bit more, like what, what have you found, you know, you could automate versus things that you had to have an assistant to? That's right. So what I can automate is sending out offers. So using a software system called Podio, I can upload an Excel list from the county that's already been scrubbed. Now that scrubbing has been done by a Fiverr.com VA that has been trained and, and loves Excel. So I take this list and say, look, get rid of all the houses, get rid of all the commercial property, get rid of real expensive you know, farms over a million dollars, those types of things. I want this group of people. And then we can automate using a, a program called an API with Click2Mail. And Click2Mail is a service that will automatically send out offers and then using the software, we take a percentage of the assessed value and send out an offer. Now, sometimes we may have to have a virtual assistant go in and manually check out some comparable values, but otherwise it's pretty much hands off and it's one click, offers go out and that's our deal flow. And then when they come back, we have a very simple system within our Podios uh, program that says, you know, is there legal ingress and egress? Is there access to the property, right? Did we check the back taxes? And we could have a, a fancy hands virtual assistant contact the county and confirm that you know the back taxes that are owed is the correct amount. If the correct if it's if it, the back taxes are too high, then we have to kind of that <laughs> fancy hands assistant contact the seller and say the taxes are too high. We have to lower our offer, or we have to pass on the deal. What do you want to do? And sometimes that's just a simple email, right? And then we have a number of other things that we go through with the checklist, um, getting the maps, getting the GPS coordinates, all screenshot, and that's then creating our marketing. So then we can go out and have our assistant create our Craigslist ads, our back page ads. And there's tons of platforms, Ari, that already have traffic for people that want to buy raw land. So we go to platforms like landandfarm.com, landflip.com, landsofamerica.com, landhub.com. Uh, even eBay has a huge real estate section. So we don't need to generate any traffic. We go to where the buyers are. And using these platforms and these processes and these systems, really on Friday, my job is to say, how many offers did we, did we make? How many deals did we buy? And how many deals did we close? And my, my, my day is done. Yeah, well, so that, so that was going to be my next question, really, is like, what are you then ending up spending your time on? So you, you sort of just said that, but like on a high level, you know, what, what there's not much vision necessarily that you have to craft for this, right? I mean, because it's kind of like you well, just burn and burn. 
I, yeah, I mean, basically what I want to do is what can I break? If this is working, how can we make it bigger? How can we make it better? And I have an anxiety disorder, right? Because I know that what worked three months ago in marketing is probably not going to work three months from now. So I always want to stay ahead of where are people going? What are some different ways to engage our market? There's a, a great book that came out called The Death of Money. And this is a nice little niche to explore, right? Because these are people that, based on this book, and you know, feel that you know, our currency system is going down and the things that they want to buy are real assets. They want to buy gold, they want to buy land, and they want to buy art. So if I can go to a Facebook group and start engaging with those people and say, oh, by the way, I have some raw land for you, they're, they're already, I don't have to be in the convincing business for those people. And that's what I'm always looking for is who are the people I don't have to convince that want to buy raw land right. and go there and show them my properties. And also just to give people, you know, who are listening a sense of like, what kind of numbers are we talking about? I mean, you're not buying million dollar properties and flipping them like this, right? Oh my gosh. I'll give you an example. This is, this happened two weeks ago. I bought 160 acres in Nevada for $6,000 and four days later, I flipped it for $55,000. So my business is a volume type business. Right. Uh, so we're, you know, I've done over 5,000 transactions. So can you make twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars on a land flip like you can a house? Absolutely, and I have, and my students have, but that's not our bread and butter. I mean, our bread and butter is going to be properties between, say, five hundred dollars and five thousand dollars that then we can flip or put on a note at you know three hundred percent to a thousand percent return on investment, and just create this huge, massive passive income stream that literally requires no headaches and no maintenance like you would with anything physical. It's, it's really a phenomenal niche in that sense. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's really cool. I mean, honest, and I know that we already had this conversation, but it, it is like the best passive income model ever. <laughs> right. Well, that, well, that's why I call the podcast the best passive income model. And Ari, I'm open to better models. I really am. It's not that I think, you know, this is the holy grail, but I... I literally don't know of anything better at this time, except for maybe life insurance, because there's no underlying asset. It's just an idea. But the problem with life insurance is nobody likes to sell it, or it's very hard to sell in that one sense. It's competitive and, you know, people, you know, parties just kind of avoid you. So for a little bit more work, it's more fun to do what I do. Yeah, absolutely. So, and then how did you create the course also? I'm just curious because there are a lot of people also who listen to this who then want to who end up wanting to create courses and things. So, Yeah, so the way I created the course was I had a student and I just recorded my conversations and my one-on-one -on -one coaching with that student. I had it transcribed and then I went out and I found a VA in the Philippines and he made PowerPoint or keynote presentations, syncing up my audio with that student. And um, it was, it, it, it turned out great. So I took that approach and then I would start doing mind maps, having more interviews with students, and then creating more of these videos. And before you know it, I've got, you know, all these video modules from every aspect of the business and bonus modules 
and those types of things. So, um, but you know, we chunk it. So because we remember things in chunks, we always remember the first and last bits of information the most. We try not to make any video longer than, you know, 10 minutes, really, to keep, keep people's attention. Sure, of course. So, uh, all right, so the last question, Mark, that I always like to ask in these interviews, uh, and you, you can pull this from, you know, wherever you like, but what is your, what are your top three pieces of advice for people to be more effective? My top three pieces of advice for people to be more effective is certainly, number one, take imperfect action, right? You've got to go out and you've got to try different things. And, you know, I mean, a good example is, uh, for me is um, the way I got to inbox zero was I thought, okay, Ari Mizell has got a better, better way of doing this than me. So number one, you find a mentor, but then I went out and I found, imp I took imperfect action. So it took me a while to do it. And I had to email, um, you know, my coach a, a few times, but then now I've got this amazing system where I'm at inbox zero and I'm more efficient. So, you know, I would say number one, imperfect action. Number two, find somebody that's already done and is already at where you want to be and have them as your benchmark and don't recreate the wheel. Sort of, you know, respect your time in that sense because we can always make more money, but we can't get any more time. So I would say that's number two is find a mentor. And number three is I would say awareness of everything that you do. And in that sense, really have your numbers down so that you know the 80-20 rule, right? So what are the activities that really move the needle? I have so many students, Ari, that play business. The first thing they want to do is set up an LLC and they want to create a fun website. None of those things make you any money. So in my business, we call it the M&Ms. It's mailing and marketing. And those are the activities that move the needle. So I think that my third piece of advice is know your numbers, be aware. What really is your business and what really moves the needle? And do those activities and be laser focused on it. Well, those are great. Those are really, really great tips. So, uh, Mark, thank you so much for your time. Tell people, uh, you know, we said it a couple of times, but tell people where they can find out more. Yeah, Ari, thanks so much. Uh, thelandgeek.com is going to be the best way to go. And then, of course, I have the podcast, The Best Passive Income Model. And we're going to be launching our Land Geek podcast archive in the next few weeks as well. And people can join that membership site as well. We have over 90 podcasts um, from the past few years that are devoted strictly to land investing, where Best Passive Income Model is, not, is more high-level and talks more about success and has guests on that talk about success. Cool. Well, um, thank you. Really appreciate it, Mark. All right. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Less Doing podcast. If you want to find out more information of the show, we would love to hear from you. You can go to lessdoing.com where you can look at Ari's blog, see the show notes for this episode, and also look at all the other episodes before this. If you want to send us a voicemail, we'd love to hear from you and we'll play it on the show. You go to lessdoing.com, click on contact, and look on the right side of the page where you'll see a, a send voicemail button. Click on that and go ahead and record an audio message for us. You can also get in touch with us on Twitter, 
Ari's Twitter handle is at Ari Mizell, and mine is at Felix Bird. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. See you next time.